You're the cop. You're Mahatma Gandhi. You're the top. You're Napoleon Brandy. You're the purple light of a summer night in Spain. You're the National Gallery. You're Gobble's salary. You're cellophane. You're sublime. You're a turkey dinner. You're the time of the Derby winner. I'm a toy balloon that's faded soon to pop. But a baby on the bottom, you're the top. Morning, y'all. Boy, that milkman is crabby today. Probably sore that he's not in bed at this hour on a Sunday. Some of us lack being up early. There's just nothing like an ocean swim at dawn. My turn to make breakfast. Only reason I'm up. Put the coffee on, will you? Look what the cat dragged in. You might at least try to get here before the milkman, for appearance's sake. What would you know about appearances? You look like a scullery maid in that housecoat. It's honest, which is more than I can say for your glad rags, sister. You're no sister of mine, you sour-faced pioneer. Go ahead, dress like an old maid. See how far it gets you in the studios. Hey, Bunny, here's where she reminds us that she's under contract for the thousandth time. Must you two quarrel so early? Can't you just stay in your corners till we finish breakfast? Why don't you make yourself useful and set the table, Pat? How many places? Five. Nan and Cynthia are up. Madame Vi and Florence are out late, though not as late as you, apparently. Now go soak your head. I met my friend from the beach for breakfast, but she couldn't make it. What friend? That woman I met swimming at Santa Monica Beach. I told you. She wears a salmon-colored swim cap that caught my eye. No one wants a stranger at the breakfast table. Unless he's a hotshot producer, you mean. Oh, you're just jealous. You auditioned too. But Jack Stewart chose me as his new protege. Protege? Is that French for mistress? I'll go ahead and die a virgin. They don't give medals for it. If I wanted a Hollywood wolf, I wouldn't have to hang a pork chop around my neck. You might smell better, though. And don't overcook those eggs. You always do. I do not overcook them. I don't mind Gloria's eggs. Well, sure, you'll eat them because you've already cycled 50 miles and swum the ocean. Well, it's really only 26 miles, 13 miles each way to the Santa Monica Pier. Y'all should come with me sometime. It is the best way to start the day, and you meet the nicest people. Behold the wreck of the Hesperus. Him that plume has waved its last. Farewell, pretty one. Farewell. Ugh, will you cut it out? You're driving me crazy. I need the practice. I'll say, but you're not saying it right. She's not telling a joke. She's being sarcastic. She is? No, that's not the way to play it. You should say it with sadness, resignation. Now, there you go, making a hash of it. She's not sad or resigned. She's hard-boiled. Suppose she isn't. Maybe she's joking to liven things up. 
She's the only American woman under 30 in the place. She doesn't have to work hard to put men at ease. She can look like chopped liver and men would still go for her. She's being sarcastic. Behold, the wreck of the Hesperus. And I say she's feeling low. She's thinking, here I am in yet another hellhole trapped with a bunch of men. Behold, the wreck of the Hesperus. You two are confusing me. Why don't you just let Nan do it her own way? I don't understand why every gal in town is in such a hurry to play a South Seas harlot like Sadie Thompson. Harlot? Are you kidding? Sadie is a prized role. A modern tragedy. Didn't Jean Eagles become a star on Broadway playing Sadie? Mmm, Swanson and Crawford did it too. A true actress doesn't need two sets of false eyelashes to put a scene over. Either one could wipe the floor with you, lashes or no. Garbo, now she'd make a terrific Sadie. Oh, Garbo, I can just picture her saying, You men, you're all alike. Pigs, pigs. <laughs> Anna Christie's a lot like Sadie, isn't she? Give me a whiskey, ginger ale on the side, and don't be stingy, baby. I prefer an upbeat story. <laughs> like what, Shirley Temple? Something that isn't gloomy, you know, with a song and a dance, maybe. Jeanette McDonald or Ginger Rogers on Easy Street. Miss Bunny is partial to a happy ending. But that's not realism. Real art has something to say about the human condition. Honey, if I want highbrow art, I'll go to the opera. I already know things are tough for a woman in a man's world. When I go to the pictures, I want something bigger than life. I want a dream. See, that's why film is not art. Pictures are the new opiate of the masses. The studios dope people up on spectacle. Theater is the true art, the purest expression of human experience. You've been listening to Cynthia with all that bunk about the opiate of the masses. Uh, hold on there, Miss Doucet. You're giving a pretty speech, but for what? A production at the Pasadena Playhouse? Pretty full of lofty ideals. Must be nice to have rich parents. My folks aren't rich. Okay, it must be nice to have parents. Where are those eggs? Let me eat and get some sleep. It's a novelty to you, I bet. Sleeping in bed. Eh, sour grapes. Glad I'm not lonesome. Put your claws away, you two. Did you feed George? He nearly tripped me on the stairs. He's not my cat. He's everybody's cat. Didn't he catch two mice last week? Come here, Georgie boy. Wasting good sardines on a cat. That was supposed to be my lunch tomorrow. Now George earns his keep. He's no lap cat, unlike some people around here. Why, you little brat! Good morning, comrades. Ugh, isn't it a bit early for that comrade business? Problem is, none of you care about economics. You'll all be convinced you'll marry millionaires. I care plenty about economics. Since when? Since always. I'll show you what I mean. Nan, when you went out with Pete last night, you were wearing a new dress, weren't you? I was. Did you like it? That pistachio green is darling. It would look better on me, though. How much did it set you back? $16.75 at the Broadway shop. Mm-hmm. And what about the hat? I bought it last week. Five dollars. You got it last week, but you hadn't worn it until last night. 
and the beauty parlor. How much did you spend there? I had a wash, set, and dry for two dollars, and a facial for a dollar. Okay, let's see. Add it to a percentage of what you spent on foundation garments, shoes, purse, and makeup. You shelled out nearly thirty bucks to step out. And where did you go? We had hot dogs and chocolate malts. Then we went to see Dracula's daughter. And did he treat? We went Dutch. I rest my case. Dating is a racket, a bad economic racket for women. It doesn't make a lick of sense unless he pays for everything. Look who's talking! You're wearing a beaded gown and a mink stole. Borrowed from the studio. I return them first thing tomorrow morning. You're talking about microeconomics. If only you would read my articles, Pat. You would understand that in the grand scheme of things, you're exploited. I don't need to read your dreary broadsheets. I'm the only one under this roof with a studio contract. I make a hundred dollars a week in Metro. How am I exploited? You're alienated from your own labor. Face it, you work in a factory, one of the biggest in town, if not the country. The studio has all the power. I'm in the union. The studio still works you like a mule, twelve hours a day, six days a week, and they can drop your option at any time. Whole system is rigged in favor of the capitalist overlords. Oh, brother! More of this red talk. You haven't been around much if you think the studios exploit their workers. But they do. Studio moguls increase production at any cost. Honey, I work for gangsters in Chicago, and let me tell you, they make Mayor Goldwyn Zucker and the brothers Warner look like a bunch of philanthropists. Why, Bunny? I thought you were transplanted here directly from some magnolia grove in Kentucky. Don't tell me you were a bee girl. Nah, I was a table singer for Big Joe Palmetto. A table singer? No stage? No stage. Big Jib's gimmick was to make it intimate. You needed a big voice to fill the club, but you also had to make it seem like you sang for each customer alone. He had a dozen girls, different styles, you know, torch song, aria, folk ballad, a hot jazz number, whatever the clientele requested. Doesn't sound bad, singing in a nightclub. Yeah, but we were also chased around by gangsters. You weren't safe, even in the powder room. I've been chased around desks and sound stages. Hollywood's lousy with wolves. But they don't carry pistols now, do they? Point taken. Sounds rough. Rougher than you think. We worked from seven to seven every night but Sunday. Big Jim did not pay a salary. No wages. Not a cent. We worked for tips, and let me tell you, the competition was fierce, especially after I found out about the shimmy routine. High steppers competed for tips. Mm-hmm. One night, an old fella asked me to sing more than you know. The man wept, and then he slipped me a twenty-dollar bill. I turned to add it to the tip jar on the top of the piano, and he grabbed my wrist and whispered, "Put it in your what's it?" And he pointed at my brazier. Well, I couldn't do that. I said. Then he asked me if I hadn't noticed the shimmy all the other girls did at the end of the song. It looked like something a little extra they did for the finale, but really, they were holding their tips in their smalls or their shoes. The penny dropped. Everybody chisels, keeping big tips for themselves. Ah, no fair. That's why your workers' paradise will never happen, Cynthia. Everybody looks out for number one. Now, may I have some eggs, please?
Which one of you dames swiped my pearls? Don't say dames are swiped. You sound like a Damon Runyon character, Florence. She's been listening to too many stories from Madame Viola. Hmm. Madame Viola, my foot. She's Maggie Kelly from Fishtown, Philadelphia. The air she puts on. Hey, she was a star. Show some respect. Nothing but fake aristocrats in this town. Madame is a true patron of arts. Name another joint in town this nice with cheaper rent. We live in a boarding house, not a joint. Yeah, lay off. We're not in school. I'm reading for a radio part tomorrow, and I'd rather not sound like a gun mall. Big deal, a radio commercial. For a nationwide sponsor. This could be my big break. Well, baby, I'll say one thing. You got a face for radio. They pile on enough Max Factor in the studios to make a canned ham seem attractive. You know, in school we used to say, powder is powder and paint is paint, but we like the girl that these things ain't. Must have been a dog-faced cotillion. Will you lay off? Who took my pearls? What would I want with your bourgeois necklace? My pearls didn't walk off on their own. Are you sure they're gone? Maybe you just left them in your dressing room at the Trocadero. Tore the place apart last night. That's why I was home so late. When did you last see the pearls? I put them on before I left for the club on Friday. I missed them yesterday. Figured I left them in the dressing room. Was the clasp in good shape? Tip top. Maybe the porter over there picked them up. Sure. Blame the working man. I didn't say he stole them, Cynthia. Maybe he just put them away for safekeeping. Uh-huh. I don't mind if someone borrowed them without asking, but give them back. It's the only thing I have left to remind me of my dear Louie. Is that, uh, the one who took a long walk off a short pier? Florence can't help falling for escape, Grace. He had terrible luck at cards. Those gangsters wouldn't take an I.O.U., Now where's my necklace? Well, I already have a lovely strand of pearls my daddy gave me for my sweet 16. I don't need to steal yours. Need is one motivation. People steal for many reasons. The green-eyed monster, for example. I'll buy my own pearl someday. You glamour gals are all crass materialists. If I want to wear pearls, I can borrow them from the studio. Maybe Madame Vi. With that trunk of hardware upstairs, not a chance. She has oodles of the real stuff. So that's it then? I'm not supposed to kick about it? Hey, maybe you took the uh, necklace off during your act. Is that a crack? Did you mistake it for a G-string and throw it into the crowd? I'm no stripper. Oh, I beg your pardon. I forgot. You're nude the entire time. Liar. Oh, knock it off, Pat. Uh, Are you kidding? You needle me constantly. Last time I checked, I never made a public appearance in my birthday suit. It's honest work. Officially, the party frowns on it. But I say she owns her labor. Florence trained as a ballerina. She's an artist. Using her skill. Why, she looks as graceful as a bird in the sky when she does a fan dance. Thank you, girls. 
Yeah, call it work, call it art. Everyone in the studio calls it cheap. I should box your ears. You know, there's more to life than the studio, Pat. Sally Rand is in pictures. Playing a fan dancer. You'd play a monkey's uncle to do a picture with Carol Lombard and George Raft. Oh, didn't you just love Bolero? I'll tell you what, the way they dance together, my pastor back home led a picket line in front of the theater. I'm surprised you like Bolero. It didn't have a happy ending. Yeah, but that's not what you remember. What sticks with you is all that romance on the dance floor. Where are my pearls? Come on, I'll help you look again. Garble House, this is Bunny. May I tell Pat who's calling? Hold on, Mr. Stewart. I'll check and see if she's in. Tell him I'm out. You sure? Yes. I'm so sorry, Mr. Stewart. Pat isn't here. I don't know when to expect her. Yes, of course. I'll leave her a note. Goodbye. Hey, what gives? You can't be too available. Says who? Men like a chase. At least a little. They get bored easily if you always pick up the phone. Well, I like spending time with Ted. I don't want to play tricks on him. Me too. He's a nice fella. Then you're both dopes. What do you get out of dating them? Ted's just a musician. Will he help your career? Will he give you a leg up? And Pete is a clerk who goes to night school. It's small potatoes. He's funny and talented. Jeez, you set the bar pretty low. A clown who plays the sax. There's never a dull moment with Ted. And he's a gentleman unlike the rest of the playboys out here. He's taking me out tonight. So I won't be sulking around here like you. Pete reads good books. We have fun talking about them. Is that enough? Keep telling yourself that, and before you know it, you'll be up to your elbows washing his dirty socks and a pile of nappies. I say life's too short. Don't miss the chance to get yours. You just can't help having a cash register where your heart ought to be, Pat, can you? Better run along now and count your bus fare, Miss Bunny. Ted'll be here soon. Don't be so mean. Honey, I feel sorry for you. Spare me your pity. I'm on my way. You're not on today's call sheet, Miss Morrison. I'm supposed to test for after the thin man. They told me last week. If you're not on the call sheet, I can't do your hair. I haven't the time. Come on, Hazel. I'm sure they just made a mistake. Mr. Stewart will be livid if I'm not ready to go and the tests are held up. Just a quick rinse and then put me under the dryer. Well... You don't want any grief from front office, do you? It'll take you 15 minutes. I'll even comb it out myself. All right, let's hurry up, lay back, and put your head under the sink. Next. Name. Gloria Douglas. Read the script, honey. <clears throat> oh, dear. Whatever will I make for supper? 
Bobby and Janie always make such a fuss at eating their vegetables. And so does Robert now that I think about it. Wait a minute, I know. I have just the answer, thanks to the wholesome goodness of bird's eye frozen foods. I'll serve the family bird's eye's delicious fish fillets, fresh frozen corn niblets, and potatoes. Cut. Good. But try it again. You want to be super excited at the bird's eye solution, Gloria. Remember, super excited. Then we'll cut to the jingle. Yes, sir. I understand. I know just what you mean. Christ on the mountaintop. That was sudden, and me and the only decent togs I've got to my name. Put that stuff down anywhere, boys. <clears throat> Behold, the wreck of the Hesperus. Him that plume has waved its last. Farewell, pretty one. Farewell. I guess any idea of me looking neat and chipper when I get to Apia is shot to pieces. Hey, what? That's fine, Miss Potter. Just fine. We'll let you know. It's open. Ciao. Got a minute? Has Fern gone for the day? I suppose so. Her hat and coat are gone. Then come on in. Lock the door. I'm not here for that. Well, I am. Get over here, baby. Jack, I'm tired. I wasn't on the call sheet this morning for the test. I had to practically beg Hazel to do my hair. Just an oversight. It's been a hell of a day. My head is sore from listening to grief about the soaring costs on Angel in the attic. Then I had Francho Tone in here with his belly aches about the script. I don't need any more complaints. Jack, I'm not getting a chance to show what I can do around here. I feel like a well-dressed piece of scenery. And what about my story idea? Now isn't the right time. You're doing fine where you are. A million dames would kill to be in your satin pumps. We'll put your story on the schedule in the fall and you'll star. I promise. Really? Sure, you're on your way. Be patient and be nice to me. Don't you know I'm crazy about you? If you say so. I do. Now be sweet. I need to relax. Did you see Odette McBride's column this morning? About Garbo, I saw it. Camille's in the works. Put another onion in that, will you? And a couple of those little peppers. I'm not making this too spicy. I have another audition tomorrow. I don't want to scorch my windpipe. Gee, it's a tough break you didn't get the part. I know you had your heart set on playing Sadie. Never mind. Well, I wasn't talking about the Garbo news, by the way. Although, now that you mention it, she's long overdue. She's been off the screen for too long. People might forget her. Garbo is eternal. She will never be forgotten. That's true. But I was referring to the blind item. The one about the actor with DTs? I'm surprised you read Odette's column, Nan. Isn't Hollywood gossip too lowbrow? Miss McBride writes about the theatre, too. And doesn't George Bernard Shaw guest write in the column when Miss McBride is on vacation? Bet she was talking about Barrymore. God love him, but he's an old soak. 
No, the other blind item. The one about a certain Hollywood producer who's ready for a new discovery. Remind me what she said? Mm, right here, she says. Old Venture, the horse that won the Kentucky Derby two weeks ago, reminds us of a different horse race happening in Hollywood. It's that time of year for a certain brash producer to find a new discovery. Every six months, he finds a new starlet and a new girlfriend in that order. So, could be about two dozen producers. What about the one who rings here all the time? You think it's about Jack and Pat? If the borrowed bias cut fits. Why would it be about Pat? Jack Stewart isn't the only producer who dates girls under contract. He's married, isn't he? <laughs> like that ever stopped a man. I think you've got it in for Pat. Maybe you ought to just push her in front of the Crosstown bus and be done with it. Geez, I'm only trying to connect the dots. What's for dinner? Chili should be ready in half an hour. Oh, good thing I'm not hungry. Just what do you mean? Jeez, it smells awful in here. Too much cinnamon. In a pig's eye, no more than a pinch. I followed the recipe. Quarter teaspoon. Well, you must have used the wrong spoon. Positively reeks of cinnamon in here. It was only a tiny bit. We so enjoy it when you walk in the door spoiling for a fight. Maybe I prefer not to be poisoned after a long day at work. Knock it off. With pleasure. I'm going to bed. At seven o'clock? Hey, Sully. Run that reel of screen tests from yesterday. No sound? They did it on the fly. Sound fellas were all tied up. Will you look at her? Very pretty, sir. What a face. Not figure. I bet she's a hellcat in this sack. Yes, sir. Got your steno pad, Fern? Of course, sir. Take a memo. Front office. Draw up a six-month contract. Standard. Start next week, May 25th, and schedule another test, this time with sound. Have her read for after the Tin Man. Name, sir? Miss Nan Potter. Thanks very much for listening. House of the Seven Garbos is a Sassmouth Dames production, written and directed by Megan McGurk. Pat Morrison is played by Clara Higgins. Gloria Douglas is played by Olympia Kiriakou. Bunny St. James is played by M. Sean. Nan Potter is played by Savannah Monroe. Florence Crozier is played by Laura Mawson. Cynthia Latimer is played by Renee Smith. Jack Stewart and various male producers played by Shane McCormick. Thanks very much for listening. Sound editing and special effects by Thomas O'Mahony. Art design by Mott Collins. Stay tuned for the second part to our show. You're sublime. You're a turkey dinner. You're the time.